Worried Writer, helping you to overcome fear, self-doubt and procrastination to get the work done. I'm your host, Sarah Painter, and I'm a novelist and self-confessed worried writer. For show notes, resources and much more, please head to worriedwriter.com. And now, on with the show. Welcome to episode 57 of The Worried Writer. I'm recording this on Thursday the 31st of October 2019. So happy Halloween or All Hallows Eve to you all. Here in Scotland it is a beautiful bright day and I absolutely love this time of year. The sort of nip in the air and on bright days it's just my favourite, favourite season. Uh, All the colours in the trees and all of that good stuff. It is a wee bit odd this year, Um, I think I said this last year as well, but seeing all the Halloween stuff coming out in the shops um, and realising that I no longer have to think about little ones, I no longer have to think about what costumes they're going to wear or will need making or parties or Halloween discos that they're going to or, you know, who's going to take them guising, or any of that stuff. Um, Of course, my wee children are now, well, they're not children, they're young adults. And of course, in one case, uh, my daughter has left home, so she's at university. Yeah, it just, it feels really odd. So today's show, there isn't an interview. It is just me. As promised, I am going to be chatting about author branding, which is Well, it's a huge topic, so I'm really just going to be giving a very quick overview in this episode, but it's been really useful for me to consolidate some of my thoughts on the topic, and in trying to narrow down what to talk about today has made me realise how much I've got to say about all the marketing side. Um, I've been on a bit of a journey in terms of sorting out my mindset on that topic and been doing lots of research and learning to do different things, which has really solidified my goal to write a book on marketing. Really, it would be a follow-up to the Stop Worrying, Start Writing book, and it will tackle it from the mindset side, because I think that's what you've really got to sort out. I think that's really key. Most authors I know, um, most authors that I speak to, uh, friends, acquaintances, podcast guests, um, seeing posts in forums and so on, most authors say, I hate marketing, I don't want to do it. I just want to write. Or they say, I love writing, but I hate the selling side. The fact is, these days, whether you are published traditionally or independently, you will have to do the lion's share of the marketing. So for that fact alone, I do think it's worth changing your mindset on because it is a fact of the author life. Anyway, let me know if you like the idea of a marketing, branding, selling mindset book from The Worried Writer. Um, You can email me, sarah at worriedwriter.com. I would love to hear what you think. And also, if you have any particular pain points, any particular questions or areas that you'd want me to cover, things that you struggle with, things like that, that would be super useful. Thank you. Also, before we get into the main section of the show, I'm going to just give a quick writing update. It has been a great month. I have finally finished the third book in the Crow Investigation series, which is called The Fox's Curse. I've done the cover reveal for my newsletter and on social media, and it's now up for pre-order. 
I've never done a pre-order before and so that's been a new experience and it ended up in the hot new releases uh, section on Amazon and in some charts so that was really great. I will put a link in the show notes just in case you are interested um, and also so that I can put a lovely picture of the cover, which I'm so thrilled with. Again, it's from the talented Books Covered. Uh, That's Stuart Bache at Books Covered, I should say. And I'm so happy with it. He's just done such a great job branding (laughs) that whole series. I am also super pleased that it all came together in the end. Um, I kept rewriting and the end just kept moving away from me. But then I got there and it just all came together and I was actually really pleased with the story. And long-time listeners will know it's a really big deal for me to feel that way. I think everything I write is terrible for most of the time that I'm working on it. So getting to the end and feeling cautiously pleased feels amazing. That, of course, didn't obliterate my self-doubt. I immediately thought, oh, perhaps that means it's terrible because I'm being overconfident as if. (laughs) But um, I've had some early feedback from author friends, uh, my lovely husband, and also from my editor. And they all say positive things, uh, no major issues, and that they really like it. So that really helps. I'm sharing this not to say, oh great, I've written such an amazing book, but just to be honest with you that this is the way I feel every time and that um, experience does help because I know I always feel like this. And also, if you can force yourself to share your work with early readers um, and get editorial feedback and so on, then it really helps because you know then you're out of your own head, you have got an outside opinion and outside support. And, you know, we're just too close to our own work and that stuff is always still really, really useful and, um, for me, essential. Also, before we get going on the main topic, I just want to give a quick shout out to all my lovely supporters on Patreon. Um, It means so much to me that you are willing to support the show in this way, and it lets me know that you want it to continue. If you want to join our little Patreon community, you can support the show for as little as $1 a month, which is, you know, less than a pound in the UK, and supporters at the $2 and above levels also get the monthly audio extra which goes out in the middle of every month if you are interested in supporting the show head over to patreon.com forward slash worried writer and that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com Okay, so the reason I decided to talk about branding this month, well, partly it had been on my mind a wee while anyway, because as I say, I've been doing lots of thinking and research around marketing, advertising, branding. Um, So it was something that I kind of wanted to talk about anyway. But then I was prompted into promising it when uh, Joanne Mallory on Twitter, um, who's at WriterGal on Twitter, I should say, uh, said, just listening to this month's podcast, it would be super useful to hear your thoughts on author branding, knowing your why and marketing. Branding is a particular issue of mine. I'm always changing my mind and then changing my website. 
Thank you so much, Joanne, for getting in touch and letting me know that you're interested in those topics. As I say, um, quite marketing and branding uh, is huge. So I am trying to focus down and just giving um, a bit of a quick overview on branding, what it is um, and how it applies to authors. Also, just a quick note, um, because it's such a beautiful day here, uh, next door are um, cutting things down in the garden and um, they've got electric hedge trimmers or something or other going. They were doing this all day yesterday, so I didn't record then and the day before. So I just have to record now. This podcast is due um, and I will do my very best with the um, to tidy up the audio and minimize it. But I apologize if you can hear a kind of droning uh, garden machinery sound in the background. Okay, branding. So what is a brand? First off, it's really important to say it's not just an icky corporate thing for big business. The term simply means ideas that people have about a product or person when they encounter it or think of it. And on one hand, it's a really complicated subject, uh, which takes up loads of time on an MBA to learn. But on the other hand, it's also something that is well worth thinking about, even if you are just an author. The fact is, you will have one anyway, whether you create it consciously or not. Just by writing and putting books out into the world, whether traditionally, independently, or a combination of the two, you will have a brand. People will think about something. People will think something or feel something when they encounter your name or one of your book covers. One way I like to think about it is that it is actually a very creative part of what we do. Um, So, In our writing, we control our readers' minds and their feelings. That's actually our superpower. So why not apply that superpower to our marketing and branding too? Something that really developed my thinking on this was um, the power of story and branding, which was something that Derek Murphy talked about in his uh, talk at 20 Books Edinburgh. Um, I would highly recommend that you look up Derek Murphy. He runs a website called Creative Indie, which has various um, free resources. And he also has books and I think courses as well uh, for sale. You can also look him up on YouTube. He has some great videos and possibly even the talk that he did at 20 Books, which was focused on uh, author websites. But he really went into using story and images to create a brand, you know, through your website. And it was a massive and detailed talk. And I highly recommend you go and check it out. I mean, one of the quick tips was to use a selection of images on your about page to evoke Uh, feelings and suggest story. So just a quick tip here. Imagine you write, I don't know, sexy contemporary romance in glamorous settings, um, sort of billionaire romance and that kind of thing. And you want your brand to say, you would then maybe do your brainstorming and you'd think, I want my brand to say glamour, excitement, luxury, steamy romance. So the selection of images that you would choose then might show luxury goods, holiday destinations, decadent food, beautiful people, um, maybe scantily clad beautiful people, who knows? And this would give that impression of those of that brand um, without a casual browser having to read a single word. Derek Murphy, um, in his talk, also went into um, author brand as a story. 
He talked about how we really buy from people, and that's what we're talking about here. Um, it's not just that people are giving us their money, they're giving us their time when they buy a book, uh, which is far more valuable. Um, we are more likely, though, to buy from people who we feel that we know, and that we like, and that we trust. And that all comes down to authenticity. It's really tricky with authenticity because people immediately think of it as being very, very open and um, that you have to be all accessible. And that can be very frightening. Now, I am an anxious person and an introvert. And being out there as an author is something that I really struggled with in the beginning. And I still find, you know, I still find it tricky. Um, I still get scared. And if I'm feeling at all feeble, the very first thing that will drop is my social media or any kind of outward facing tasks or um, parts of the business, if you like. But authenticity doesn't mean that you can't separate out your private life or um, limit what you share. You're just curating what you share. It's still a facet of you. It's not being false, but it's your professional author self or your professional author brand. It's you, but you on stage. It's you, but you at work, if you like. We all show certain parts of ourselves in different situations, and this is no different. So to go back to the idea of having a brand as an author and the fact that you cannot avoid having one, I think it's worth revisiting this because I'm guessing (laughs) if you are anything like 95% of the authors I speak to, you're probably resisting the idea anyway. Even though I'm saying you're going to have one anyway, there's a chance that you're going to resist the idea of being conscious about it um, or doing anything about it, creating or managing one for yourself. So as well as thinking of it as a creative exercise, I also think it's helpful to think about why they're a good thing. Um, A brand is a useful thing, or I should say a defined brand is a useful thing. Just thinking about your own experience. Let's say you are in the mood for some Dr. Pepper. It's something that you've tried before and you've enjoyed it. So when you go looking for it, you're not just looking for the name Dr. Pepper. You will also look out for that distinctive label. If they've changed that radically, you might skip over it in the supermarket and you might not be able to find it. And then when you take it and you buy it and you drink it, you expect it to taste the same as it did last time. If it didn't, you would feel cheated. And it's just the same with books. It's not inherently evil. There is nothing wrong with that. That's just helpful. So if you can reframe it in your mind that you are helping your readers and your potential readers to make sure that they pick up something that they're going to enjoy, then that's a positive thing, isn't it? At least I think so. I want to make people happy and to give them a satisfying experience, whether they're listening to this podcast or reading one of my books. And the way to make sure that they're satisfied is to make sure that they are getting the thing that they expect to get. Now, this leads on to the thing that most people associate with an author brand, and that is the book cover. In fact, a lot of people think that really is the be-all and end-all of author branding. Um, Make sure that the book cover matches the genre, and you're done. And they're right. Covers for books are a part of branding, but they're only a part. Everything that you share with the world, your website, every social media post, your Instagram feed, your newsletter, your author photo, your author bio, the way you respond in interviews, your book titles, your book genres, everything forms your brand. 
Now, this is a bit of a daunting thought, um, but again, it has a positive side. If you put some time and effort into deciding what thoughts, impressions, ideas, and emotions you want readers and potential readers to have when they think of your name um, and your books, then to me, that's a fantastic way of taking some control. The power of a thoughtful brand, um, an intentional brand, is that it makes a promise to the reader that you then fulfill with every book you release. So the promise is the thing that will attract a reader to try your writing. And then the fulfillment of that promise is the thing that will keep them coming back to your books. Another reason to be intentional about all this is that it will actually make your life easier in the long run. Yes, you're going to have to put a wee bit of time and effort and thought into the subject now, but over time, it will make marketing easier because you will have rules to follow. You will feel more in control as you'll know what you're doing. You'll be able to evaluate graphics, book ideas, marketing opportunities, all within this existing framework. And this will make decisions quicker and easier to make. It will stop you wasting time with wrong turns and procrastination. Now, it's possible that you're still thinking this is just not important enough to spend any time on whatsoever. But I would argue that clear and thoughtful branding is the basis for supercharging all of your other efforts. Advertising can move the needle on your book sales, but only when all the moving pieces are working in harmony. So the advert has to grab the reader, but when they click through to your books page, the blurb and cover has to match the expectation of the advert, and then the book, once the reader gets stuck in, must also match that initial impression. It doesn't matter how well written your sweet romance is, if somebody is expecting a bleak dystopian narrative, they are going to be disappointed. It's just as I was saying uh, with your own experience as a consumer, if you buy a Dr. Pepper, you expect it to taste like a Dr. Pepper. And if you're in the mood for a light romantic comedy, your eye will be caught by a particular sort of cover while browsing the bookstore. You'll confirm your selection by reading the back cover and the, maybe the first paragraph of the book. And if it's all in line, you're likely to try it. So given that having a consistency is important, um, this is why a lot of folk decide to split out pen names um, if they write in different genres. And that can help so you can brand each pen name very, very clearly. So let's say you write romantic comedy, you might have one name, one site, um, one social media presence, uh, one set of cover design, all of that will feed into one particular um, romantic comedy brand that will make people think of a fun, escapist, love-filled read. However, it's not the only way to do it. It's really important to note that that is a tactic or a strategy for dealing with the issue of branding. It's not the only way to do it. But you can also brand as an author. And this, as someone who is far too lazy to want to um, run lots of different pen names, is what I am in the process of doing, what I'm aiming to do with Sarah Painter. Um, when I switched to urban fantasy from thoughtful women's book club fiction and uh, contemporary fiction with a touch of magic, um, 
when I went into full-on urban fantasy, I considered a pen name. But the fact is, I want to do this long-term. I don't want to run loads of different pen names. So I decided I am going to concentrate on branding the Sarah Painter name as an author that writes across genres. If I was going to write wildly different genres that have absolutely segregated audiences, so for example, hardcore erotica and children's books, I would separate them. But from my personal view is that if you put some thought and effort into it, you can find a commonality in your books, whether it's in voice, in darkness level, tone, whether they're all sort of vaguely under the fantasy umbrella, uh, whatever it is, if you can find a commonality and articulate that through your branding, I think it's completely fine. And the plus side is that, well, it's easier to run for starters. Also, for me, it comes back to authenticity. It's very important to me that I just am me. (laughs) Um, Yes, it's all for me. It is a curated version of me, same as you guys get the worried writer me, which is authentically me, but a curated version. Um, I don't share every single thought that goes through my head because... I know what you're here for. You're here for writing content, publishing content, anxiety content. Um, And so that's what I provide. That's not being inauthentic. That's curating what I share to be appropriate to my um, audience. And again, it's exactly the same with fiction. You need to identify your audience And that could be, you know, you could have slightly different audiences for for different series or different books that you've written. But what you need to do is identify your um, target audience or your target readership. And you need to know who they are, where they hang out, what they're like. Now, a great book on the whole subject of author branding um, by an incredibly wise and experienced woman uh, is... Creating Your Author Brand, which is by Christine Catherine Rush. I've read it. I'm going back and rereading it. It's very information heavy, very easy to read because uh, Christine Catherine Rush writes very, very well. Um, But there is a lot in there to sort of digest. So I was referring there to putting some thought uh, into this and I've been doing this recently. Again, I'm very much a work in progress um, and I'm sharing this because I know I feel so overwhelmed with this subject, with branding and with marketing. And even though I'm not an expert in it, I haven't got it all sorted. I'm hoping that it will be helpful to be sharing kind of what I've been thinking and doing. Um, And also hopefully to reassure you that you're not alone if you feel quite overwhelmed by the task and by the, the whole subject. So I found it really helpful, again, to think about it in terms of helping my reader or my potential reader. So try putting yourself into that other reader's mind. Make a list of the kinds of things that you think your books convey. But then also look at reviews of your work or get somebody else to if you don't like to read reviews like me um, and get them to pull out key phrases. See how they describe your work. We're far too close to our own stuff. We don't really know what we have written until some, quite often until somebody else tells us. So pull out key phrases, see how they describe your work, make a list of those words. Do try and go beyond genre, although that's obviously part of it. So you can find out what genre you've written by um, the way that readers describe your books and reviewers. But you can also then look at what is this core experience that you're delivering with these books? What emotions do you make your reader experience? 
So as an example, if you write complex domestic dramas which centre on tricky moral or political or hot-button topics, um, a kind of Jodie Picot kind of writer, then some words and phrases might be things like makes you question things, heartbreaking, puts people in realistic but extreme situations and makes them live them vicariously. And then from this, you can then start thinking about comparable films, TV series, and other similar books and authors. Remember to keep looking for the reader experience and the feel of the work, you know, and not to get too hung up on genre labels or the types of content. You can also look through your also boards if you're already published. Um, you can go to the stores like Amazon are very good for this um, and look in the also boards and you will get an idea from that of what your readers are reading, what sort of thing they like. Write down your also boards. This is useful for advertising keywords and so on, but it's also really useful in terms of letting you know where you sit for your branding. What sorts of books do your readers like? Once you've got a list of comparable authors, um, you can then go and look at their websites, you can look at their uh, covers, um, you can get an idea of how other people are doing it. I'm a big fan of finding someone whose career uh, that you want and then modelling what they do. Um, so that can be really useful when you're looking for ideas. But it's also really important to remember that these are all just strategies. The way that other people do things are choices that they have made, not necessarily the one true way. Um, if you know your kind of strategy and you've come up with the sorts of things that you want to convey and the readers that you are trying to find or target or entice, um, then you can work out your own strategy for doing that, if that makes sense. There's no right way and wrong way. It's definitely more an art than a science. I mean, again, to go back to the whole pen name question, uh, that is a great example of how there is there are different ways of doing this. And a lot of people default to the pen name thing because it's absolutely what is done in traditional publishing. Um, for the most part, they love a debut. So that's one reason. Uh, they also use it as a shortcut for branding because they feel that it's a really quick way to make sure you don't confuse a reader and they'll think that they're getting, you know, one sort of book when they pick up an author name that they know um, and find out it's something different. However, it is a strategy that is also based on the fact that they aren't so concerned with building a long-term career for a particular author. Whereas the author, if you're like me, you do want a long-term career. So my thinking on it is that I am not worried. I mean, obviously it would be amazing to have a runaway success and a massive launch. Um, but I'm not really worried about the big launch spike of sales. I'm not worried about making it in the first six weeks of a book's release. My concern is that over time, I want to build up a loyal readership who really like my voice and the books that I deliver. And so they will stick with me, hopefully, over time. And I can sell my backlist steadily over time to make that a viable career. So with that in mind, it makes more sense for my strategy to focus on my name, my Sarah Painter name, so that if somebody walks in the door um, of my shop, so to speak, 
they've got loads of books to tempt them. Whereas if I have splintered it all off to lots of different pen names, if they walk in the door of one of my pen names, they will have far fewer books to choose from. Now, this is a fantastic um, concept that is not mine. Um, and I just want to give uh, due credit to Dean Wesley Smith and his magic bakery um, analogy. I think he's written a whole book on it. He's certainly done a course on it. Um, I think if you Google Dean Wesley Smith and Magic Bakery, you might even be able to find a free uh, blog post written by him um, or maybe uh, a free video. I will find a link and I will put it in the show notes, but I highly recommend uh, Dean Wesley Smith anyway. But his Magic Bakery analogy absolutely hit home for me and it's really helped to clarify my own strategy going forward. So I highly recommend that. So part of that analogy is that you've got to imagine your author business or your author career, if you like, as a a bakery. And so when someone walks into that bakery, imagine there's just one cake on the shelf. Now, if you've ever walked into a real life bakery in the real world and you saw just one cake on the shelves, it would seem quite odd and you'd probably walk out again. However, if you walked in and there was lots of stock there, loads of different cakes and pastries, some were savoury things, some were celebration cakes, you'd be more likely to buy because it wouldn't be weird. Um, But you'd also know that you could go back to that bakery again when you're in the mood for a different sort of cake, um, if that makes sense. So the bakery there is the brand, if you like, in this particular way I'm using this analogy. Um, And all the different cakes and savoury items are different books and different series of books with different flavours. The difficult thing in this day and age is to get someone through the door. The difficulty with this kind of the modern publishing is grabbing someone's attention to your author name. So when you've done that, you kind of want them to know that there's loads of stuff there for them to read. This also really relates to uh, the reading behaviour of people who read a lot. And of course, those people are your ideal readers. Um, They quite often won't even start a series until there are a few books in. They might be excited to try a book or an author that's new to them, but if they see that they don't have any other books, they they might hold off because they don't want to fall in love with a new author and then have nowhere else to go. I can certainly relate to that feeling. Plus, of course, we've got that binge culture when it comes to entertainment these days. So with Netflix and other streaming services, we have instantly gone from watching an episode of a television series and then waiting a week or waiting until we can buy the DVD. Um, We want to just binge the entire season in a weekend. And that is the world that we live in now. So if you have got more um, fiction available, more content, if you like, people are more likely to give you a go because they know they can have that binge reading experience. So for me, I'm again, I'm sort of thinking out loud here, uh, but this is why I have made my strategy decision, because I'm also, I'm not a super fast writer. So if you combine that, the fact of wanting to have as many books as possible in my shop, so to speak, um, given that I'm not very fast, along with the difficulty of running several pen names, help me to come to my strategy for branding. I guess this is perhaps a little bit muddled, but what I'm hoping that you'll get from this is that these things will work together. I've made a strategy decision based on other things, based on the way that I write, the way I want to run my author career, my goals, my publishing strategies, my writing speed. 
uh, my personal inclination and kind of preferences. And I, I encourage you to do the same. Take control of this. Don't think, oh, this is how it has to be done, or this is how that person does it. Think about what you want and how you want to do it, and what makes sense for you and your goals and your personality. Okay, this is going super long. I knew it would. I have so much um, to say on this subject. Um, and yes, I'm just going to get on and write that book. Okay, so as I say, this is a very quick overview. Um, I'm a little bit worried that it's just a big garbled mess. I do apologise if it is. As I say, I am thinking all this stuff through and very much still learning. I just want to make another couple of uh, quick recommendations. There is David Gochran. You can go to his website. Again, I will put the link in the show notes. He has got loads of really good articles, uh, some on uh, finding your author comps, your comparable authors, and some on reader targeting. And also sign up. I would I recommend you sign up for his free newsletter list because he sends out really, really good content. Um, he's also got books for sale and so on, um, which I've also uh, been working my way through. They're excellent. And one final recommendation, and that is for a new podcast, which is called uh, The Six Figure Author Podcast. It's Lindsay Baroka, who is a sci-fi and fantasy author who used to run the science fiction and fantasy marketing podcast. And now she does The Six Figure Author Podcast with um, two co-hosts. It's higher level, so don't get overwhelmed. Don't listen to it if you are feeling overwhelmed. Uh, But if you're sort of intermediate... Uh, ready to take things to another level, then I highly recommend it. Okay, I do hope that some of those thoughts um, have been useful. As I say, when I got stuck into this, I realised it was massive. Um, So if you've got any questions on today's topic or anything else that you would like me to clarify or to cover, please do get in touch, sarah at worriedwriter.com. And before we go, I just want to give a quick shout out to some lovely folk on Twitter. There's Leah Lewis, who is at Liz for Leah, Caroline Green, who's at Caroline S. Green, World Anvil, at World Anvil, and um, lovely author pal and, and show alumni is Annie Lyons, who's at One Annie Lyons. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for sharing, rating, reviewing the podcast. Um, I really appreciate it. Thank you again for listening, and I will see you next time. Thanks for listening today. For show notes and links, head to worriedwriter.com. If you'd like to connect, find me on Twitter at Sarah R. Painter, or use the hashtag worriedwriter. See you next time.